Um, okay, so we're in the middle of a series that we're calling Restart. And last week we talked about really when it comes to restarting, it's, it's pretty much as simple as figuring out what God wants you to do and doing that thing. Like that is, that is the basis of if you're looking for something, like you figure out what God wants you to do and you say, okay, now that I know that, I'm going to do that thing. And, and today I want to take it just maybe one step forward and, and talk about what that looks like. And, and that looks like a word that I'm going to call wisdom. Okay, and I thought since we're talking about wisdom, what better way to kick off a message about wisdom than by giving you a few riddles. Okay, so I'm going to give you some riddles. And we're just going to see how this goes. And if it goes anything like my months of the year, it's going to go poorly, but that's okay because we're here till noon. Okay, so um, here's a couple of them here. Um, first one is, a rooster flies to the top of the roof with the wind blowing from the south. Okay, the wind is coming from the south. When it lays an egg on the roof, will the egg roll to the left or to the right? Who thinks it's going to the left? This is a show of hands, but yes, two people raised their hand last service. It was great. I felt bad because I drew a lot of attention to them. They probably won't be back, but it's okay because I looked really smart. Okay, so yes, roosters are like, okay, here's another one. Okay, here's another one. All right, Anne's mom has five daughters. Their names are May, June, July, and August. What is her fifth daughter's name? And there we go. We're, we're good. Someone thought September, and I'm not going to call that person out, but I have a feeling they were in this section right here. Okay, here's one more. This one's ridiculous too. Okay, a, a red house, a red house is made out of red bricks. A blue house is made out of blue bricks. What is a green house made of? Someone said plants. Someone said plants. It is not made out of plants. That would be awesome. It's made out of glass. A greenhouse is made out of glass. Okay, just, I ran these by my wife. She said, those are stupid. She was right. It's okay that you're like, yeah, it's funny because they are. I know. But I mean, here, okay, but here's what those things illustrate. Okay, so yeah, you guys, you, you got the theme early on. and Okay, but here's what those illustrate. Is that if you get caught off guard by one of those things, you're probably going to get it wrong, right? That sometimes, like, it's good to just slow down, think things through. And if you do that, you're probably going to save yourself from saying that it's going to roll to the left side of the deal. And in the most basic sense, that's, that's a little bit of what wisdom looks like. That we're going to talk a lot about wisdom this morning, and, and as we do, I would just define it for us so that we know what I'm talking about. In the most basic sense, wisdom. Wisdom is sound judgment. So in the most basic sense, that someone who is wise is a person who has sound judgment, who knows who knows the right decision to make at the right time and how to make that decision. Like, that base-level wisdom. But for the person who is a believer, for the person who would say, I follow Jesus, that I'm a Christian, there, there's another element to it that is very important. 
Because it's not just the ability to make the right decision at the right time, but it's also an awareness of who you are in relation to the one who made you. That, that a wise person is able to make the right decision at the right time, but they also are able to do so with a humility that comes from knowing that they were created by one that is far greater than their ability to make decisions, and they're really only able to make those decisions because they were given a grace by the one who made them. That, that is wisdom. And if you're at a place in your life where you are looking for a restart, where you'd say, you know what, I just, I need, I need a restart. I would guess that if you are there and you were to be really honest, you're probably in that situation because at one point or another in your life, you, you didn't exercise wisdom. That at one point in life you did something that wasn't wise and you're, you're dealing with the fact that you weren't wise. Maybe that's not where you are. Maybe you're at a place where things are going really well and you don't really want to restart. You just kind of want to stay where you are. And, and if you're comfortable with where you are or you like the place in life that God has you and your thought is, gosh, I don't want to get to a place where I feel like I'm going to have to restart again then your answer is the same too. And what you want is you want wisdom because what wisdom will do is it helps protect us in the future as well as in the present. And it's something that, that really is essential, but it's, it's, even, it's not that difficult to get. Look at, look at how the writer of Proverbs talks about it in Proverbs chapter 9. This is what he says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That wisdom's starting place is with a reverential fear of the one who made you. That a wise person is someone who fears God. And then, he, then the writer says this in Proverbs 26, which I think is it's funny. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes. There is more hope for a fool than for him. So, starts with God. Fearing him is the beginning of wisdom, but if you're that person who thinks you're great, who thinks that you're wise, who thinks that you've got it all figured, they would say there's more hope for a foolish person. And I would just say to you that wisdom is something that is so crucial in your life. And even as I say that, I would bet, I bet there would be some of you, and I say that, and your thought is, you're thinking of people who aren't wise and they seem to be doing okay. Like maybe you've got a friend and they are a lot of things, but they are not wise. And you're like, they seem to be doing okay. Why, why is that something that I would, why would I, why would I want that? Or maybe you think of someone Someone in culture who you're like, yeah, they're, they're, I wouldn't use wise to describe that, but so why would this be something that I would need to pursue? And I would just say to those 
who are not wise, eventually they will pay for their lack of wisdom. That it is something that God offers all of us. And it's something that we all want, especially as we look at this idea of restarting. So this morning what I want to do is I just want to talk about how wisdom, I want to talk about how wisdom blesses and how it benefits your life. That I want to give you three reasons why wisdom is something that you should pursue, whether you're trying to restart or not. And the first reason is this. It is very simply that wisdom blesses your life. That wisdom blesses your life. Let me read this to you. This is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Then look at this line right here. And nothing you can desire will compare with her. Nothing, think of all the things that you desire. And what the writer of Proverbs is saying is saying, yep, all those things you desire, none of them are as good as wisdom. Not only does it say that, but it says, it says, if you have the option and you can choose money or you can choose wisdom, choose wisdom. And just think of, think of how counterintuitive and ridiculous that sounds. That if you were to go up to people and you were to just say, all right, what's, what's one thing that you would want to, to make your life better? What is, if, if you can add one thing to what you currently have, how many people would say something in regards to possessions? Like, how many people would say something financial or something that would give them an ability to earn more finances? And what the writer of Proverbs is saying, saying, that's fine, but wisdom is better. Because when you get a financial return, all you get is that financial return. But when you ask for wisdom and you get wisdom, then you get something that permeates into far more. So you got a 401k. You have a good year. You make 7% on it. You know what you get? You get 7%. But you know what happens next year? If you get negative 9, it doesn't really matter. Maybe like, I invested there. Okay, well, whatever. You still, all you got was 7%. Like at the end of the day, you can't do anything. That's just the number that you have. But someone who is wise, they're able to get far more out of their wisdom than anyone can get out of their wealth. I mean, just think of, think of how wisdom impacts the things in our lives that matter. Think of how wisdom can affect your relationships. That maybe you're here and you are a relational person, right? You love people, you like people, but can we all admit people are really difficult sometimes? And even if you were to look at some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your life, 
how many of them were related to a relationship situation that you handled the wrong way? Think of the things that carry weight on your heart. How many of those things are relational? When you have wisdom, it permeates your relationships. That you're able to walk into situations where someone is about to lose their mind. They still might lose their mind, but you ain't throwing any gasoline on it. That you're able to walk away from those circumstances with your head high, knowing that you honored God and you did what you could. Instead of thinking about all the things that you said wrong, going home feeling guilty about the way you handled it. That there is a wisdom that comes and a blessing that comes to wisdom as it permeates our relationships. I was talking to someone about like friendships, and, and she said this. I think she thought it was really funny. She was talking about someone who she was close to, and she got in a fight with her friend, and her friend's response to their fight was, she keyed her car. And this is what she said. She said, I am so glad that when I fight with my friends, their response isn't to key my car. Like, that is, that is the value of wisdom. That you, make, you have wisdom in your relational decisions. 20 years down the road, you're not going to have friends who want to key your car. Like, there is a blessing to that type of thing and that type of life. That not only does wisdom bless your relationships, but it also blesses your ability to make decisions. That last week we talked about how there are things. Like there are things that the Bible is pretty clear about, and then there are things where the Bible is not clear, and we just have to like ask for wisdom. But if you have wisdom, it will permeate your decisions. And if you make decisions in wisdom, it will bless your life. Just think of, think of like the things about in your life right now that you're just like you're pleased with, you're happy with, maybe that, that bring you security or that bring you comfort or that you just you really enjoy. I bet you could trace that back to a, a decision that you made that was the right decision. Maybe it was your decision, you said, you know, I decided a long time ago that I was going to marry this person, and for the rest of my, I've been blessed that I made that decision. Maybe, maybe it is something where there was a risk. There was a risk, and you, but it was a calculated risk, and it made sense, and you made, the, you made that decision, you took that risk, and you're sitting where you are today, and you're so glad that you took that risk that you are reaping the benefit of a good decision that you made. But let's be honest, that though there are good decisions, and we, we pay for those, and we were blessed by those things, I mean, we could all probably think of a couple decisions that we made wrong. And they might have been years past. And you're still carrying the weight of those decisions. And that as hard as you try to separate yourself from that decision, you're still paying for it a little bit. This is why. 
This is why the writer of Proverbs says, seek wisdom. That there's nothing that you can desire that is going to bless you like wisdom. That you will reap its benefits long after you make the decision. But then he goes on even further, and he, he, this is how he describes the blessing, and I think it's, it's kind of fascinating. Look at this in verse, verse 16. He says, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honors. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, and those who hold fast are called blessed. Now, okay, I'll be honest with you. I kind of hate verses like this, okay? Because it, it, in a lot of ways it seems formulaic, where it says, okay, if you are wise, then you can expect a long life, riches and honor, ways of pleasantness, and passive peace. It kind of seems like that's just saying, like, this is, this is what's going to happen every time that you're wise, but I would guess that life has showed you something different. That there have been moments in your life where you were wise, but peace didn't follow. And so what do you do? Like, how do you handle that in the real world? And here is how I would deal with that. That is true 100% of the time. 100% of the time in a world that hasn't been broken by sin. That if there is no sin in the world, that if mankind, when given the choice to choose God or choose to disobey him, if we wouldn't have chose to disobey, this would be true every single time. But because we made a different choice, it's not always true. But, but, if you're wise, far more likely that you're going to experience that than if you're not. And even when you have to pay for someone else's foolishness, that when you're wise, you're going to be far better at navigating that than you would be if you were a fool. That, that you can expect some of that if you are wise. But then there's that line there at the bottom where it talks about wisdom. And it says that she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. And those who hold her fast are called blessed. This is the thing about the tree of life. And, and it's referring to how there's something about exercising wisdom that looks like the world pre-sin. But there's just something about, like, wisdom is one of the good traits that God gives us that we can use. And every time you see the tree of life mentioned in the book of Proverbs, it's referring to something positive. But here it's talking about wisdom. That It, it talks about the tree of life as a soothing tongue or, or a longing fulfilled. And, and what we know, too, is we know that in Christ, that in Christ the tree of life represents something far more that it represents our eternal fate where we will be with Jesus forever. And when we are wise, it points us to that fate. So, so wisdom is something that you want, that you will be blessed 
you will be blessed when you're wise. Another reason why we want wisdom is we want wisdom because wisdom connects you to God. That wisdom connects you to God. That when you have it, you will be connected to him. And there's something about wisdom because God is wisdom. That he has all of it, and so when we possess it, when we act in wisdom, when we make decisions, we're doing things like he would. Forever, for whatever reason, though, there was this movement in the church where it became like, I don't know if it was cool or whatever, but there was this idea where once you put your faith in Jesus, you immediately become foolish. That, that if you want to be a person of faith, and it's automatically going to be assumed that you are also a fool at the same time. And, and the problem with that is that if what we believe about God to be true, then he would be incredibly brilliant. And, and that all the things that we use to study are merely our way of trying to figure out the things that he has done. And the things that he has done are actions that would have been incredibly wise. Look at this here in verse, 20, or verse 19 and 20. It says, The Lord, the Lord by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. That God is wisdom. He invites us into that. And our, we get the choice. Like, do, we want to, do we want to take him up on that offer? Or do we want to arrogantly think that we're fine without him? But the amount of wisdom that it would have taken to create the world is, is simply befuddling. I mean, just think of all that went into what we know as creation that we don't even think about, but that God did when he created things. I mean, just, just think about this fact. That God made you in a way where you can know what someone is thinking without them even saying a word. Think of how amazing that is. And the better you know them, the less facial expressions you need to know what they're thinking. Like God made you in a way that someone can, you can just look and you just know. Sometimes there's even just a feeling that's there and you're just like, I just know something isn't right. That's amazing if you think about it. Think about this. Think about how little work it takes to digest food on your end. Like right now, it is 1147. Okay, now you know you don't have to look. You can put your phone in your pocket. Okay, so it is 1147. I would guess that most of you are feeling something in your stomach right now. And it's, and it's making your way to your brain, and you're thinking, do I want, is it a sandwich, or do I want Brahms? Like, there's just something happening inside of you that says, I'm hungry, it's time to eat. I hope this dude shuts up. Like, there's something that's happening. 
Then maybe you walked in here, your mouth's a little parched, and you're like, man, I really wish I would have grabbed a water on my way in the door. That your body was designed in a way that says, okay, when you're thirsty, you don't even have to think about it. That he sustains you without you even having to do any work, but he made you in a way to make it incredibly easy. Like This is how he created everything. By wisdom, he founded the world this way. And then it says that little line in there about do. Okay, there's that little line about the do that's on the floor. Like, right now in the sky, right above us, there are 55 billion, 55,000 billion tons of water in the sky suspended right above us. If they all were to fall, we would all die. And just so 55 billion, like 55,000 billion tons, that's a word we use to describe a lot. But it's also, it's also a measurement that is around 2,000 pounds. So that's all the water that's above us right now. And he's just holding it up there. That by wisdom, he founded the world. And he made it in a way where all these things happened. And we don't even have to think about it. Let me read this to you. This is, and, and not only did he do this, but he continues to hold it all together and make it work. And he does this through the person of Jesus. Let me read this to you in Colossians chapter 1. It says, For by, for by him, Jesus, all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That the reason why we are seen as humans and not just a bunch of atoms is because Jesus is holding it together. And you know why he does it? Because he knows how. You know why you can't do it? Because, well, one, you're not powerful enough, but even if you were powerful enough, you wouldn't know how. But by wisdom, he founded the world. And as we are wise, we are learning about him. And we know him better the more we act in wisdom. The reason why you want wisdom is that having wisdom protects you from yourself. That having wisdom protects you from yourself. Now, I know this is going to be hard for a lot of people to hear, okay? I get it. But a lot of the problems we face, a lot of the problems we face are our fault. A lot of the challenges that we walk into, and I'm not saying that's always the case, okay? We live in a broken world, life isn't fair, like things are going to be, but though that is true, like though that is true, that sometimes you're going to do all the right things and you're going to, I get it, and and things are still going to go poorly for you. Here's the truth, though. 
more often than any person would ever want to admit, we are paying for our mistakes. And it's hard for us to admit because we live in a society that is incredibly good at blaming other people for the challenges we face. Wisdom helps you see that. And, and if you're that person who's always blaming other people for, their, for your mistakes, you're just going to continue to perpetuate that. But if you can learn to say, okay, maybe I am the cause. Maybe some of these things are happening because of something that I keep doing. Then you might actually break the cycle. That having wisdom will protect you from, from your biggest enemy, yourself. Look at, how, look at how he talks about this here. He says, my son... Do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. There will be a life for your soul and an adornment for your neck. What he's saying is saying you want it to go with you everywhere you go. That when you, when you go, you want wisdom to go with you, so you want it to adorn your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you won't be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of the sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. This is talking about self-inflicted wounds. I mean, how many times in your life have you done something you shouldn't have. And you lay in bed and you think, gosh, why did I do that? But how, how many times have you, you handled something and you, you, just, you lay in bed and you're like, you're unable to sleep because you're carrying the guilt of a decision that you made. This is saying that when you walk in wisdom, you're able to lay down and have sweet sleep because you're not thinking about all the things you did wrong. Even, it talks about the, the terror, the sudden terror that overtakes the wicked. It's this idea that when you're wicked, you're always watching your back. That you're all, like, you never know when you're going to have to pay for your wickedness. And you can see this flesh out in life. Maybe, you, maybe you're one of those people and you sell cars. If you sell a car that is junk, but you make it look like it's way better than it is, and you lie about things about that car so that you can get more money out of it, there is a guilt that is going to come with that decision. That you are going to know that you ripped someone off, and, and probably the more that you hear about their story, the more weight you're going to feel about that decision that you made to rip them off. Not only that, but there's a really good chance that if you ever see them in public, you're going to think, dear God, I hope they don't know that I'm the person that sold them that car. That it's talking, this is the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Because when you do things that are wicked, you just never know when you're going to have to pay for it. 
Maybe you're like, I've never sold a car, so I'm good. Well, there are other ways you can be wicked, okay? And, and, and maybe for you, maybe it's not that, but maybe it's you talk about people. And maybe you always start it off super sweet, and you say, I hate to say this, but I'm, and then you say the thing you hate to say. And you, you're always saying things about people behind their back. Let's be honest. When you do that, it sure makes social situations awkward, doesn't it? Because you never know if what you said made it back to them. So, so if someone, if you're in a social setting, you said something about that person behind their back, they look at you funny. It's probably because they know what I said. You know who doesn't have to worry about that? The person who's wise who doesn't say things about people behind their back. That, that you can walk into a situation, someone looks at you funny, and you go, yep, they had tacos. Like, that's how it's going to go. That, that, that wisdom is something that will protect you from yourself. Because a fool thinks they are right in their own eyes. The last week I read the prophet, there is a way that seems right to a man, and in the end it leads to death. That your emotions, your feelings are going to deceive you, which is why you need wisdom. It will protect you. That it is something you should seek. And if you do, though we live in a broken world, though you're going to have to pay for other people's wickedness, at least you don't have to pay for yours as much. And so just as I, as I land the plane this morning, we, we picked this series we put it at this point in the year for one reason, because it illustrates something incredibly powerful. And it's this, it's that it is never too late to restart. That, that it's never, too, like you, you could not have done enough wrong things. You could not have done enough unwise actions to start saying, you know what, but today I'm going to start being wise. Yeah, maybe you're going to be paying for stuff you did in the past, but here's what I can tell you. You won't have to pay for things in the future if you choose to be wise. And the beauty of wisdom is that it is something that is available for everyone, and it's something that God really wants to give you. Like, he has not made it difficult to find. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 1. It says, Wisdom... Wisdom cries aloud in the street. It is screaming at you. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Wisdom is speaking to you. You've just got to be willing to listen. And, and it speaks in all kinds of ways. Like you can speak through godly counsel and you asking someone who's been there before what they think you should do. That, that wisdom speaks. It speaks through learning from other people's mistakes so that you don't have to make the mistake that they did. That is wisdom. That wisdom speaks through classroom settings. 
like do settings like this where we, where we listen to something and we say, I am going to do this and I'm, going to be, and I'm actually going to do it. That wisdom is speaking, but it's on us to, it's on us to, to hear it. It's on us to be students. It's on us to say, okay, it's speaking, but what am I going to do? And it doesn't matter if your whole life you haven't been someone who has been wise. It's never too late to restart. Because not only is it always calling, but it's also something that God really wants to give you. That in the New Testament, Jesus' brother, he wrote this letter. And you know, this is a church in the New Testament. And he says this about wisdom. In James chapter 1, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, now just so we're clear, that's all of us. That if you're here and you're like, no, I think I'm pretty good. Okay, well, then you have pride and you don't have wisdom. So, like, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. That in the NIV it says, without finding fault. And it, and wisdom, will be given to him. That what it's saying. God, like, he's not looking for reasons not to give you wisdom. He's, yeah, you probably have done enough things to disqualify yourself from receiving the answer to that prayer, but here's what God says. I give generously without finding fault. So instead of coming up with all the reasons why you shouldn't get that, no, he wants to pour it out on you. But you have to be willing to ask. And you don't have to make it more than that. That it could be as simple as when you wake up in the morning, you just say, God, give me wisdom today. He says, he'll give it to you. It could be as simple as I have this really tough meeting, and God, I pray that as I walk into this meeting, that you give me wisdom Maybe you've got a situation with your kids and you're just like, I just don't know. God, I pray that you would give me wisdom. And if, if that is the posture of your heart, God's not going to be thinking, yeah, but you were a fool when you were 18. The posture is hard to say, okay, I'm going to give it to you because I want to help you. And just so we're clear, that's true of God in all things. He's not looking for excuses to hold back he wants to give to you good gifts, but it, every time, it's on us to ask. Let's pray. Thank you for watching our services. If you have questions or you would like more information, you can visit us online at nlspringfield.com. We'd also love to have you join us at one of our Sunday morning services. We have programs at 9.30 and 11 for adults, students, and kids. We hope to see you there.